Today I get to interview Sue Saller and we're going to be talking about how to get out of your job. We're both former teachers, so we have that in common. We both have a passion to see people grow in their financial freedom and among other things. We're both podcasters um, and Sue, unlike myself, actually does the whole thing, editing all that. So I'm very, very impressed with that. Um, and you're, I think, up to like a 50 or so episodes now, which is uh, like, I think, 80 three or so more than what most people do before they quit. So Sue, oh, wow. congratulations <laughs> on your success uh, in that. Let's, let's get into it. Talk to Thank me about you. the journey about, you know, moving from teaching to financial services to podcasting. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'll give you the cliff notes version. Um, I started in the mid nineties and I taught for a year and back then you got pregnant and you didn't go back. So <laughs> that's the short version. I have three kids and for basically a 15 year time span, I homeschooled them. So somewhere around 2014, 2015, I said, you know what? I was done homeschooling. Last kid went into school and I said, okay, now it's time to go back into teaching. So from 2015 until 2021, uh, I was in the schools and basically I was just like a long-term sub. So I floated from district to district trying to get a permanent position. But I, you know, after a couple of years, I realized, oh, wait a minute, they're not going to hire a 40 something year old math teacher. And, you know, after going from district to district, I'm like, this is pretty frustrating. So uh, a friend of mine who is a financial advisor and I've known him for 20 years, he said, hey, you're a math teacher you're a teacher. I work with teachers. You seem to know a lot about finance stuff. You want to come be a financial advisor. And I'm like, yeah, sure. What else? <laughs> you know, what do I have to lose? Because teaching wasn't panning out and I didn't have any other skill set, quote unquote. And I said, okay, yeah, sure. So I passed my series seven, my series 66, got my licensing. So I've been doing that for two years now and realized that, you know, the guy I work for is great, but it's 40 hours a week in front of a computer in my home office, 100% remote work. And for some, that might be great. For me, that's not my core. So uh, I'm, I kind of maybe about six months ago, well, I would say more like in October, started this journey of discovering who I am and do I really want to do this for the next 15 years of my life? And pepper real estate in there as a kind of like a little bit of a side interest. And, you know, then you have a little bit of discontent born yes. <laughs> and you go, then you go looking for something else. And so, yeah, so since October, I would say it's been a very interesting journey trying to figure out what my next incarnation is after this job. Yeah. Well, and obviously there was some unfortunate events, right? You weren't getting hired as a math teacher and some of those right. things can be the best blessings ever. I know for me, I was starting to teach in 2009, 2010, where they were cutting teachers like crazy. Um, and, and they were being very hard on who gets tenure. And it was like one of the biggest blessings for me. It made it very easy to move away from teaching, um, which obviously you're starting to obviously see the benefits of that. So what led you into podcasting? So, so October last year, uh, I joined a mastermind called Emerge, and it is like a smaller subgroup of GoBundance. So uh, the people who are in Emerge basically don't qualify for GoBundance yet. So we just kind of, it's kind of like an entry point. And from there, uh, there's a lot of different people in there. There are some, a lot of real estate people, but there's other people, you know, people buying businesses and starting businesses and there's podcasters in there. There's e-commerce people there. There's, there's a whole bunch of different people. And, 
what happened to me was, is you can't join a mastermind group that focuses on getting you unstuck and getting you into that movement mode, you know, without actually doing something yourself. So when I joined, I was still in my front, I, I, well, I still am in my financial advisor position, but, uh, I'm sitting there going, well, I have to do something. So either I've got to become a real estate investor or I've got to go into multifamily or I've got to, um, you know, buy a business or, or something, right? You know, and there's all these, what's cool about the mastermind, this particular one is there's a lot of shiny objects and shiny objects aren't always a bad thing when you're not quite sure what you want to do. So at least it's kind of like being at a candy store where you can go from shiny object to shiny object and kind of try each one on. So how I landed at podcasting. Uh, so I, I'm looking around, I, I wasn't quite into buying real estate and it I couldn't land on something really in real, real estate because I love it all, you know, so I'm fascinated with all, but couldn't land on something. So I thought, well, you know, what's low risk for me? Low, you know, low output, low risk. If it didn't work out, no harm, no foul. So <laughs> I was like, hey, why don't I be a podcaster? Um Everybody else, like it seemed like other people were doing it, and but but it actually, Matt, to be honest with you, it was more than that. Um, somewhere around November, December, I realized, you know, there's a lot of people out there who just need to get unstuck and need to take small steps, and I was that person who you know, I didn't have a lot of friends surrounding me, I didn't have people to reach out to. I felt like I was on an island. And so I started mulling that over in the back of my mind and said, well, if I was going to start a podcast, what kind of podcast would it be? And then I looked at all these really cool stories of everybody in my mastermind group. They're stuck in this Facebook page, but there's people in there doing some awesome stuff. And I thought, well, wait a minute, all of them are taking small steps and it's moving the needle forward for them. I like talking. I'm a teacher. I'm, I'm curious by nature. So I will just ask anybody questions. I'll talk up, you know, I'll walk up to anybody and ask them anything. I said, well, maybe why don't I make that the premise of my podcast? So that's how Small Steps Big Wins was born. And <laughs> that was back in January 2023. And here we are now, I don't know what, eight months later. And I have had the um, humble privilege and honor of interviewing some amazing people, which I normally would not have been in their space, you being one of them. So I, I <laughs> your podcast is coming out, I think next month. Um, but I've, I've been able to, you know, uh, talk to a lot of very, very interesting people. So, so that's kind of the backstory. Yeah. Let's dive into that a little bit. So there's really, it sounds like two things that was driving you there, right? One is the ability to see different ideas, which also led you to the mastermind. And the other is the idea of getting unstuck. And so talk to me about how the podcast has either served to solve those problems or what role has it played in those problems so far? For me personally or for just in general? For me personally, I oh, there, there were, there's a lot of things actually. First of all, I'm not, even though I like talking to people, I'm a somewhat private person. So to throw myself out there for a podcast, you know, you really, you get out in public, you really are vulnerable because now all of a sudden you create this this thing that has a international um, platform. 
I mean, when I check my statistics, I don't have people that just listened in the United States. I have people that are in the Dominican Republic, in the Bahamas, in Hong Kong, over in Europe, um, uh, some in China, you know, just all the way across the globe. So you throw yourself out there. So that kind of... Um, that was kind of like a fear to overcome, not necessarily getting unstuck, but, it, um, but that, I mean, it did that for me. The other was as far as the unstuck goes, I think it was just the accomplishment in doing something like just moving the needle forward rather than watching all these people, either they're buying real estate or they're buying a business. And a lot, some of them have started podcasts as well. For me, it was just the initial, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to start this thing and see where it goes. And so, so that helped me to get unstuck. And then, I mean, by just by nature of the people that I interview and the questions that I ask, I just look to provide value for whoever's listening, that they can walk away with some nugget, something that will help them get 1% better tomorrow. What are some quotes, some lessons that you've taken away from your podcast that have stuck with you? That's a great question. Um, podcasting is harder than you think. <laughs> that, was, that was one of my lessons. Um, and unless there's a passion behind it to drive you, uh, you don't have any real reason to do it. I mean, at this point, my podcast is not monetized. So, but I still do it. I have so many people lined up. I edit my own podcast and, and I get value out of that as well in the editing process. I've had some people try to talk me out of it, but what it does is it makes me um, a better listener and it makes me a, a better questioner because I listen to myself ask questions and I go, wow, that that question was awful. <laughs> you know, you've got to do something with that, you know. And so from the very early podcast to now, I mean, if anybody listens in the beginning and then you listen as you go along, they just kind of get better as you go. Um, it's taught me perseverance, definitely, because, you, you know, it's I still work a 40 hour a week job. So I'm podcasting in the evenings. I'm editing on the weekends. Sometimes I'm up real early. Well, I am up really early anyway. And then I'm, you know, sometimes in bed late. So, yeah. Well, and, and watching your podcast while you're doing the editing is similar to what we used to do a lot in sales, which is watch game film, right? Like record our calls <laughs> and, and then watch them back. Like, obviously there's an automatic cringe factor that happens no matter how good you are watching yourself. But like what, what comes from that? Like, do you see something and then do you start practicing? What's the process after watching yourself or listening to yourself um, before you go on your next podcast? Yeah, I think that's, that's a great question too. <laughs> I think what it does for me is it forces me to slow down. So every time I listen to myself, I ask myself, okay, what's that question that I asked? I analyze it challenges me to be more prepared sometimes. Uh, although I do prepare for all of my guests, I just figure out who they are or read their book or come up with interesting questions. So just the process alone, I just walk away and go, okay, you know, basically slowing down and then just thinking about what I'm going to say before I say it. So that's been the biggest takeaway. Uh, not so much the the mechanics like the you know the sound or the camera or things like that but just basically the internal 
in the internal process to myself in asking questions and and just listening to responses. Yeah. How I mean podcasting as you mentioned it could be challenging it could be it could feel even though during the podcast it's it's good you might feel lonely at times or these the different emotions might kick in what what do you do when podcasting is difficult like how do you decide to keep going like what what sort of things do you do yeah so just to keep going i think of my audience i think of there's somebody out there who's going to benefit from what I'm doing, I show up. If it's one person, great. If it's two or three, great. So I I mean, for me, it's just showing up for them, but it's also showing up for the person that I'm interviewing because this person is taking their time out and they're going to talk to me. I owe it to them to show up. So if I'm having a bad day, it doesn't matter. If I'm tired, it doesn't matter. It's I'm walking into this and I'm going to be who I am right now. And I'm going to show up and give 110%. And for me, I'm naturally energetic. So I can sustain that for an hour, two hours, and I can pull it off. Like right now we're recording this. It's uh, six, what is it? Six in the evening, my time. I've been up since four o'clock this morning. I worked a full day in front of a computer and I'm showing up now, (laughs) you know? So, you know, you just, to me, I've always had that drive. So I just do it. So when it gets hard, it just, uh, I've all, I've always been driven that way. So you just, I just tore to force it and, it's quitting to me, quitting's not an option. So you just go. Now, everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. You were a teacher. I was a teacher. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that podcasting kind of reclaims a little bit of what was lost by leaving teaching? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I, I, the more I get into podcasting and I talk to people, talk to real estate people, no, whatever, whatever different industries I happen to be, you know, to, to engage somebody on, I find teaching and teachers, they do not realize how versatile their skills and how broad their skill set really is applicable to business outside of education. So 
Yes. To answer your question, yes. I mean, teaching is about communication skills. It's about being clear. It's about knowing your audience. And then, I mean, that's just the communication side of it. But then there's also the planning side of it. There's the execution. I mean, teachers by nature, really good teachers, are highly organized people. They think things through. You have to have a vision, you know, and that's the nature of a teaching job, right? You know, you're handed a curriculum on on September 1st, and you've got to get through, you've got 180 days to get through this. And a lot of times you're not told how, at least in the districts that I taught in, you, it was kind of like up to you as to how many days and to plan that out. So, you know, a lot of the teaching skills translate into so many different areas. And I even bring them into my own financial advisor job as well. So it's just, it doesn't matter, podcasting, financial advising, um, and then I also coach people as well who are writing curric- writing courses, writing curriculum, and they just need somebody who is a teacher to look at the outlines and determine, you know, it does this make sense? Um, teachers are really good at putting things in coherent um, order, so I do do that for for people that uh, that come as clients. So obviously, teaching set you up for financial you know, to be in the financial world, teaching, I feel like set me up for sales, like it it paved the way building those communication skills. And so what did the world of the finances teach you? I mean, obviously, you were working with people's retirement accounts, like what things positive and negative did you learn in that world? I mean, we're the Freedom Chasers podcast. So we're helping people reach higher levels of financial freedom. In what ways did that that avenue? Did you see that helping people? In what ways maybe it did not serve people well? Oh, wow. That's, you know what, that's a loaded question, to be honest, because what I do, so when you think of financial advising, it, there's it's a very broad, that's a very broad term. What I do is I help teachers with their retirement accounts. So I basically deal in the, what we call the 403B space, which is the, the, the child, the uh, sister equivalent of the 401k, but the 403Bs are for teachers. Um, I get frustrated a lot because I think teachers, uh, because it's one of the last professions probably in the country that has a defined pension plan, I really feel like teachers get sold maybe something that's not entirely accurate. And I have to be really careful here, but you go in thinking that, okay, if I work this job for 30 years, I'm going to come out and I don't really have to save for retirement for these 30 years because I've got a pension and I'm going to have my social security when I come out on the other end. And, you know, when you're 25, you're not thinking, or or even 30, you're not thinking about retirement. And the frustration that I have is that I process teachers. I see teachers coming out into, and they're retiring now. And I see the, um, what we call lump sum, what they're being handed and going, oh my God, you only have 150,000. You're coming out at 62 or 63 and you've got to make $150,000 stretch until you die. I mean, realistically, you could live 30 more years. And then when you look at their pension check, and then when you look at the social security check, and then I see some of them going out at 65, buying a home and moving and going, oh my gosh, like this is just like 
a train wreck on top of a train wreck because it's not what they thought was stable, you know, isn't. So, you know, my frustration or bringing the math into it, I guess, you know, uh, I try and teach people about budgeting and I find that is just an area that people just don't want to do and they fall short in that. And it's just so critical. I think everybody on the planet should have a budget. Everybody on the planet should know what is deposited into their checking account and where their paychecks are going and what they're spending their money on. And it's just not happening. So I don't know, that was a long-winded answer. Did I, did I hit something there? Let's dive into it. So, I mean, there's, sure. I know for me, like there's times, okay, let me, let me frame this a little bit. So when I'm losing weight, I like looking at the scale when I'm gaining weight, I don't like looking at the scale. Right. And I think when money's tight, I'm like, it's weird. Like you should be looking at it more. Right. But I find myself like, kind of wanting to put the blinders on like do you see like do you think maybe that's kind of it for teachers it's like they're paid so little that mm-hmm. it's kind of like no, it almost seems like no matter what they're going to be living paycheck to paycheck yeah um i yeah <laughs> yes 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 and yes <laughs> yeah i mean that's what i see yeah yeah which is obviously one of the reasons that i i decided to go in a different direction but for those that like like they're set like hey look i love this job which you know i can understand why the kids are amazing you want to make the impact what what can they do i mean obviously budget but what can they do uh to make sure they don't end up in a place where they have way less money in retirement than they need to have you know a decent life yeah that's a great question well it's a multifaceted answer because you know the first obviously and you mentioned it is to get your expenses under control know what you're spending your money on i mean if you don't know what you're spending your money on or if you're spending your money and you're going out to eat and you're spending a thousand dollars a month on restaurants you know at that at that point you're eating your retirement you know so i think that definitely 100% is the budget is to get that to know where your money is going there's it, it's just the cure all for everything and to and to couple that with self control and di- and be disciplined so once you know when your money where your money's going if you only have a certain amount you know and and you want to buy a $400 pair of shoes you know maybe you can't afford the $400 pair of shoes cuz you need $400 worth of groceries and i find and see people who lack that discipline that they need and you couple the lack of discipline with the i'm entitled to it mentality then you really have a recipe for disaster. So I think people really need to dig deep and really ask themselves, okay, why am I buying these things? Can I afford these things? You know, and then kind of look into a budget as well. And then on top of that, I mean, had I known about the power of real estate when I was teaching and I was in that realm, I mean, I think it's a perfect side gig because it gives you something to do over the summer. And um, that would be my other suggestion to teachers because they're not paid enough. Uh, I see what starting teachers make. I know the salary schedules and I know I have teachers that both the husband and wife work and they still can't figure out how to make ends ends meet. Um, But definitely some kind of side hustle. And you've got that summer so pick a side hustle you love to do. So at least you get a little bit of rechar- re, you know, recharging. But I think that and just being dis- disciplined to save and being consistent and not, you know, once you start saving that money and then when you get a raise, you live on the same budget and then you keep saving the raise. So 
there's a couple of strategies in there. And it's getting harder and harder to live, right? As far as the financials mm-hmm. go, I know like when, when Jenny and I were teaching, we were living on $2,500 a month. Like we were making that work. It was brutal, but we were making that work. Yeah. And now it's like, I mean, the prices have seemingly inflated two to three times what they were then. Like, so even just living that way has gotten a lot more expensive. So for the person that's kind of recognized, hey, the economics of this are not sustainable. Um, you kind of mentioned the idea of going out and maybe doing some real estate in the summers or whatnot. But for someone that's like, they feel trapped. Maybe they're 20 years into this thing or 25 years into this thing and they realize it's not going to get them where they want to go and they, they want to get on the other side of those walls. Um, what, what would be your advice to them? Um, well, that, that's a great question because that's really what I did because uh, I left the teaching profession. So I having the math background that I did and having um, a financial background as well. I mean, I taught Financial Peace University and was involved with that for almost a decade. So I was already familiar with the finance side of it. And then I just started looking for opportunities. Well, my friend approached me, but prior to that, prior to that, uh, I remember going on Indeed and I remember looking into different, you know, just Googling, well, now you have, it's a lot more, uh, information now. Just Google alternative uh, jobs for math teachers. You know, there are people out there in the industry and in, in business world who would love to have teachers to do curriculum writing in a particular, you know, business or discipline area. And I think, you know, I would encourage anybody who's been a teacher for 20 years, they're thinking about leaving, start educating yourself in an area that you find interesting. Um, I did that, you know, I, I was 47, 48 and studied for my series seven and series 66. So it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm in my thirties. I made this career switch turning, (laughs) turning almost 50. Uh, So if I can do it, anybody can do it, but just start looking into, you know, where there's an interest for you. And it helps maybe if you join mastermind group, that could help too. But I would just say, start pressing into where your, you know, where passion lies and go from there. But it can be done. It's not like it can't be done. What does the other side feel like? <laughs> the other side of not teaching, you mean? Yeah. So it's got its pros and cons. You know, I miss the summers off. Uh, I miss being done. I taught high school math. So I was done at 3.30 every day. So it was great. I was home by quarter to four. And, you know, you had the rest of the evening. Now I work 8.30 to five and sometimes in the evening here or there. So um, what it's like to be on the other side. It's great because I'm not in, I'm not teaching the kids and I'm not, dealing with the school politics. Uh, I do miss teaching. I miss helping kids. I miss the, the, what teaching, if you go to what the essence of teaching is to educate somebody, I miss that. Unfortunately, you don't see that too much anymore in the educational system. So that I miss, but on the other side, it's great. You know, I make more money now, but I'm now in the process. I just quit my job. (laughs) So I'm kind of, I have a runway at the moment and uh, I'm working in this particular job until end of October or until he finds somebody to replace me, which he hasn't done yet. So, but it's good to be on the other side. Scary at first, but it's good. I I mean, I made more money, so that was, that was helpful. (laughs) Yes. So let's, 
what, what is your vision for your life and business next 12 to 18 months? Yeah. So, uh, what I'm doing, like I, like I said, I quit my job. Um, so where I'm headed from here is I do want to build out my podcast. I do enjoy that an awful lot. Uh, so from, so that's, that's the one that I'm going to continue to, to work on. I also started on my podcast as well. I do wisdom Wednesdays or Wednesday wisdom. <laughs> I keep getting mixed up. It's Wednesday wisdom. And, um, it's just my way of taking what I've learned in small steps or, you know, just, um, just talking about life in general and where I'm going. So uh, definitely growing out the podcast. That's the one area I'm going to be working on. The other area is I'm going to start offering coaching and consulting. So I do, like I mentioned a little bit before, I have a background in curriculum writing. I help people build out their online courses because sometimes you buy these packages and they're great. Don't get me wrong. They're great. But sometimes you need that human interaction or maybe somebody who has already been in a classroom or has that type of, of um, background or experience. So that is, I'm moving into that. So I'm going to start growing out my coaching and consulting business. And hopefully within a year or so, I'd also like to have a retreat or two in there maybe a mastermind or retreat, not quite sure what I'm going to call it yet. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. And then next year I, I will start, I'm not going to say I hope to start, I will start writing my book. Love so I've got a book coming up. <laughs> Are you disclosing title yet or is that still? Oh yeah, book? it's an easy one. Small steps, big wins. <laughs> and I already have the title for the second one too. Well, Suze, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your life and your business. I know there's so many people currently that can benefit from this podcast, but obviously there's a lot of people from my past that I'm excited to share this with that I taught with and that I, I literally have probably multiple people every single year still reach out to me that I taught with. And they said, hey, you, you went on the other side. What's it like? You know, can I do this? And so on and so yeah. forth. So thank you for coming on and, and sharing another Welcome. example of the fact that you can go out and have freedom and chase freedom and acquire different ways of doing life. So I appreciate you there. And for those of you out there listening, write down something you learned from today's episode, share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. If you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 